Hello and welcome to the Matt Belair podcast. As an explorer of the mind and world, author and coach, I have spent a lifetime learning how to push my limits and achieve my highest potential. My mission is to bring you the most inspiring, conscious, and empowering teachers, leaders, and thinkers on the planet. To bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Good day, marvelous human being. I hope that your here and now is incredible and you're doing amazing. It is a privilege and honor to be with you today. We have an amazing guest for you. We have Robert Bonomo and we discuss the 21 Faces of God, self-realization through tarot. Now, this is an awesome episode because I knew about tarot. I got into it a little bit, then I got out of it, and I kind of had a basic understanding. Uh, But we dive deep on this one and I really love... Um, going through the process of essentially um, going through the major arcana, the major cards, and the process of self-realization that you can see. It's very clear, so we can explore that together. So we talk about the origin of tarot, alchemy versus tarot, the devil card, and why it's, you know, it's frightening, but it's not that frightening, Um, why zero did not exist in Greek, Um, exploring Zen stories, um, analyzing the cards, moving beyond the physical transformation in life, the tower card, the dark night of the soul, Zen concepts, killing the Buddha, so much. So this is an amazing episode. We're going to do this in two parts. Um, Check it out online if you want to see the visuals for this because the cards show visuals and there's information and art as well. So you can go to the YouTube channel, which is Matt Belair Show on YouTube if you didn't know that I had that. Um, You could also check me out on social media. I have that too. Um, So... Thank you so much for coming on another episode. Um, If you want to support the show, the best thing that you can do is an act of kindness. Um, And even better than that, you could do three acts of kindness for a week. Take the challenge. Just go hashtag kindness challenge, which means you're just going to commit to doing three kind acts a day for a week. Don't tell anybody. Go out of your way to do them. You can hold the door open. You can get somebody's name. You can pay it forward. You could write somebody a kind note. You could give a compliment. It doesn't have to be crazy stuff. Just do three kind acts a day. Um, You know, if you go get a coffee and you get two coffees and you pay it forward with one and then you get the person's name you just did two right there and you can pick up a piece of trash and then bam you did three so it's actually not that hard um so please do that and just let me know if you take it uh hashtag it on social media and let me know and uh, let me know on facebook or whatever and the more of you i see doing that the more i know that the show is working um the other thing you can do is um you can share this episode please share the episode you like if you write blogs blog about it talk about it that all is uh fantastic also reviews really help because there's a lot of podcasts out there so the more reviews the better Um, And this one is from Plant Life, and it just says, subscribe now, which is simple and direct. I love it. Um, I never leave reviews, but your podcast blows me away. Thank you for your message. Well, thank you for taking a moment to leave that review. It really means a lot. I appreciate that. Thank you to all my patrons, uh, chipping a buck in the bucket. That really does help. You can think of me as a busker, a uh, vocal busker with interviews. If you just would commit to like a buck a month or something, a coffee, it really does go a long way. If a lot of people will do it um, and take that action, you just go to patreon.com forward slash Matt Belair. Um, what else? Um, sign up for the email list at mattbelair.com to stay up to date. And if you go forward slash lucid dreaming, you're going to get free lucid dreaming. 
Uh, support David Lone Bear Center Pass, Native American elder who is uh, outstanding. Uh, he definitely needs our support. Check out Lone Bear's Arts. Uh, he has a 20,000-year history he wants to share with the non-natives for the first time. And he also has technologies that I'm trying to help him bring out, um, which I invite you to just look at, see if he's what, what do you think. Um, but, you know, if you've listened to the podcast, he's pretty extraordinary and we're working on some incredible stuff uh also connected a little bit with unify.org out of vancouver they're amazing i'm in vancouver at the present time and and we're working on some amazing stuff too um for those of you guys who want coaching mattbelair.com forward slash coaching is the best way to go and this we can dive deep and we can basically you know figure out um overcoming limiting beliefs some of them you might not see uh oh you know crushing through blocks in 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 a very quick and efficient fashion, um, discovering and really taking a look at what fulfills you, like really, like getting to the heart of that matter. And, um, you know, then giving you an amazing plan to execute that and then doing it from a state of fulfillment. So that's kind of the process. Um, and it does encompass everything from peak performance, consciousness, personal, personal development, spirituality, um, everything so if you're interested in that mattbelair.com forward slash coaching and i'm also doing more heart journey uh one-on-one sessions which basically hypnotizes you into your heart um to go through that process um so i'm i'm speaking a little bit fast and i'm a little bit distracted because i got a lot of stuff to do um but things are good life is starting to get a little bit more balanced in vancouver a little bit more of a setup to bring you tons of podcasts i'm looking for somewhere to possibly snowboard this winter it would be great um if i could do the podcast and i could snowboard that would be freaking amazing um or something else will come up and something always comes up so we'll see what happens and that's just a personal note from me to you which i don't know might not have much relevance but i said it so anyway i hope that you're amazing thanks so much for coming on this episode before we get into this come to let's let us come together in a state of quick peace and coherence and all we need to do is just taking a deep breath in through our nose hold that breath and just set the intention to come to peace and coherence now and just let that breath out slowly with all the cares all the worries of the day and all the self-criticisms Taking one more deep breath in through your nose and just connecting to that divine source energy that's breathing you, that is life, that's life breath, and also connecting to the commitment to being kind and supportive to ourselves and compassionate to ourselves. And let that breath out slowly with all the cares and all the worries, just feeling more supported and more connected now. Taking in one more deep breath in through the nose. Holding that breath and just thinking about one thing that you're grateful for and just reaffirming that commitment to being kind and compassionate to yourself and just send out all of your encouragement, love, and energy to all the listeners on the podcast, all the people in your city and on the planet. And I'm sending you all of my love, encouragement, support, energy, chi, well wishes, um, everything I am to support and encourage who you are to remember that you're whole, perfect, amazing, harmonious, and absolutely epic just as you are so let's get into this incredible part one and go through the journey of self-realization using the tarot as a guide with robert bonimo hello and welcome to another episode of the master mind body and spirit show i'm your host matt belair today's guest is a filmmaker blogger novelist and esotericist he has lived and worked in madrid San Francisco, Miami, Valencia, New York, China, and a few other not-so-interesting places. All three of his novels, including his latest release, Your Love Incomplete, are available as free downloads on Smashwords. He has been published in some of the leading alternative media sites, including Counterpunch, LouRockwell.com, Global Research, The Mountain Astrologer, and many more. In July of 2018, he released his documentary on the major arcana of the tarot, The 21 Faces of God, 
Welcome to the show, Robert Bonomo. How you doing, Matt? Thanks for having me on. Thanks for reaching out and coming on, man. I'm excited to get into this. So I guess we can start with a little bit of your background. Um, you did a documentary in the tarot, but you're also a writer. You're also an esotericist. Uh, you've, you're kind of, a, and before even the show started, we talked a little bit about like who you converse with and the kind of conversations you have. So I guess the best way to start is just a little bit on your background and how you got to do in the documentary. And then sure. I know we can dive into wherever we want to go. So I would say, I think it was about 2010, I was doing a novel and I, I wanted to look for a structure to the novel. And it came to me, why don't I use the major arcana of the tarot, right? There's 22 cards in the major arcana. I could do 22 chapters and each chapter could follow, no, uh, basically the card. But I really didn't know that much about the cards. So as I began to get into the cards, it's kind of a rabbit hole. I began to think, you know, you really can't understand the major arcana unless you understand astrology. So I went down the astrology hole. So it took me a couple of years to write that novel. And then I just kept going with the cards. I started becoming a card reader. And then I realized, not, I, I, at least I hadn't seen a film that actually showed not what each card meant when you're doing a reading, but what's the path? What is, what is that path of the fool through the major arcana? And does it mean anything? Or are they just random cards? And I found, I, I believe there is a path there. So that's so I decided to make a film on it. So the film has five introductory parts that go into the duality, the archetypes, the structure, the origins, that thing. And then it follows each card and shows kind of a path to waking up. And, and so that's what I attempted to do. And uh, it took me two years. So it was a lot of work. <laughs> but uh, I, I released it basically in August. I got it all together and finally out there and it's doing really well. The response has been great. Awesome. Well, do you want to explain, I guess, for somebody who's not familiar at all, like let's, let's break it down for them. Like what sure. is the tarot? What is the major arcana? And then we can kind of, I would love to discuss either that flow and what you learn from doing it, or maybe even like some of the cards, because we, you know, for me, um, each trade, each card we can apply and we can dive deep and we can really dissect. And it is, you know, the things that we experience being human, being here, we're all going to be able to relate to each card in, in our own way. Uh, yeah, exactly. So um, the tarot began as a card game. So the Mamluks in Egypt had, to, had a card game and it was basically, it's very similar to the cards we use today. You had one through 10 and then you had three, they had three court cards. And this game went into Italy probably like in the 12th, 13th century, somewhere around there. And it was just basically a game, a gambling, maybe a gambling game. Then what happened in the, in the 1400s, late 1300s, early 1400s in Italy to this game, which had at that, at that time 56 cards, they added 22 trump cards. So imagine this game as a game of like bridge. These trump cards were added and they trumped the pips, the lower cards. But what's interesting was they were created as probably the most important archetypes of medieval early Renaissance Italy. And, there, and it's fascinating, this, not only these 22 cards as archetypes, but the order they were put in. 
Now the original cards had no numbers, but there, there did seem to be an order that later on numbers were added. So think of it as a game. The 56 is kind of the game cards and these 22 added. Now I, I believe if originally they probably were added, it was just a game, but I also think whoever created those, the, Ar the major arcana, was very much involved, I think, with alchemy. And in my film, I can't prove it. I don't have any data. But there, there are some images, alchemic images, and some of the card images that I think match. So I think there's a real influence of alchemy there. Um, and now later on, they became there began an esoteric tradition around the cards, probably around the 17th, 18th century. And then in the 19th century, it became very powerful. You know that the tarot had this, this esoteric uh, meaning to it through divination and whatnot. But that's basically the story in a nutshell. Got it. Great. Yeah, no, that's uh, well, I didn't, I didn't hear about the, um, the alchemy bit, but I'm wondering if you can elaborate on that, just describing like what alchemy is in the relation between the tarot. Yeah, yeah, this is something that I found really interesting because, so alchemy means alchem, no, the black. So this comes from Hellenistic Egypt. What alchemy is, traditionally the idea was turning lead into gold, no? But also it's accelerating nature. So the whole natural process of accelerating nature on the material plane, but also on the spiritual plane. Now, this tradition re returned to Europe in like the 12th or 13th century through Spain, through the Arabic world, through Spain. There, the translations of these old alchemic texts started coming into Europe right at the time that the Major Arcana appeared. And in the 14th and 15th century, you'll see, I'm sure you've seen those images, those alchemic images. They're like 22 images in order. You'll see, I have a lot of them in the film, like, um, oh, there's many of them that are, for example, there's one in the film I use of a guy putting another guy in an oven. Oh, well, I, I probably come across them, but if I see the list, I, I'll be like, I've, yeah. Is, is there one of them where the guy is coming out of the firmament? You know, is that one of them? Yes, you know? yes, yeah, yes. Got it. Yeah. And there's some that they come out of a well, you see, or coming out of a tomb. There's lots of them. Yeah. Um, and there, there are some alchemic, usually the alchemic images come in sets. So there might be sets of 12, 16, 20. And it's, it is interesting that the major arcana come in 22. So I've, in, if, in the film on the section on origins, I try and at least insinuate that there's a connection. Now, I'm sure a lot of your listeners are interested in Jung, no? the psychologist Carl Jung. Probably. Young, <laughs> Young saw a real connection between the Hellenistic Gnostic thought and alchemy. For He saw it as modern alchemy. And that's why Young spent, especially in the, towards the end of his life, a lot of time talking about alchemy. He saw psychoanalysis as alchemy, accelerating the natural process of development. So for Young, alchemy is crucial. It's, it's, it's crucial. And I have to say, of all the sort of esoteric fields, the one that probably most fascinates me and is the most enigmatic, elusive is alchemy. It's fascinating because you really never know. Are they, are they talking about metal? 
I think in some sense they are, but they're also talking about themselves. The lead of the material world and the gold of the spiritual world, no? Saturn, the sun, the earth. It's fascinating. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think it was Robert Grant that I was having a conversation with. He's been on the podcast and uh, he's recently made some mathematical discoveries. And so he then was planning a trip to Egypt and he was just sharing all this uh, esoteric knowledge and, and Gnosticism and, and all these incredible images that were just blowing my mind and give me a lot of information. But one of the, the points I remember us discussing was uh, what is alchemy? And, you know, the traditional thought is led to gold, right? That's the physical manifestation by inner and outer. And one of the ideas that I've heard, I can't remember where the heck I got it from, but it was you take the alchemy and it's, it's taking that lead of life, let's say all the challenge, all the dirt, all the darkness, all the hate, all, all the stuff, and you, you basically alchemize it within yourself to give you the fuel to produce the gold to bring you to the desires to bring you to the light realm or however you want to um, create it in one sense you could just take a simple idea of um, I'm walking on the street and somebody calls me a loser and doesn't like me and then my response is to beat them up rather than alchemizing all those crappy emotions that I have of like feeling less than um, and not good about myself and just holding that but that actually will bring me the fuel for the own you know, um, acceleration of my own conscious understanding of what this reality is. I'm not sure. Is, is that sound in any way like what you've looked at? It's that's totally, that would be totally it. Especially if you look at it from the psychoanalytical point of view, no, Jung saw this as the alchemy of transforming yourself. And like you said, you have an event in life, maybe something from your childhood or youth or whatever that you're stuck and the alchemy is turning that lead, just like you said, that lead into you no know, something transcendent. Exactly. Yeah, that's exa and I think that's from a psychological point of view. You know that that's really it. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> I totally agree. I I love that idea, and I and I totally agree with it because it seems to make uh, sense to me. And a lot of people will talk about you know transform transformation, going from three D to five D or enlightenment. And that reminds me of this Matt Kahn. Um, do you know who Matt Kahn is? I don't think so. Uh, he's, a, he's a pretty dope spiritual teacher. I haven't seen a lot of his work, to be honest, but what I have seen is really great. And um, he just talks about the fastest road to enlightenment is just taking the high road. You know, it's just like enlightenment is like when, you, when you're met with, a, with a, uh, something in your environment. And you could go down the low road if somebody cuts you off, so you cut them off, flip them the bird or whatever. It's just like as you consistently take the high road, that's the highest, fastest way to a more evolved sense of being. So it's, it's kind of this, the same idea of like what mm -hmm. we're speaking about here is like alchemizing because it doesn't feel good when someone is crappy to you. It doesn't feel good when you get wronged. It doesn't feel good when you have that experience. And that's like that darkness, that challenge. And if we can alchemize that within ourselves, we're going to be the ones that benefit. It's not really going to you know, hurt that other person when we do that action. It actually more hurts us than, than the right. person that we're upset with. Um, you can go ahead if you'd like. Yeah, I just wanted to bring in one of the tarot cards here, the devil. Because the devil is a little bit that feeling, like imagine someone cuts you off and you just have the urge to get out and just beat the shit out of them, right? But we have to remember, that's a natural reaction. As humans, we have those reactions. We're, we're hardwired that way. And maybe at some time in our past that was useful. 
right? If someone threatened us, you know, we went directly after them. So I think we have, you have to be a little bit careful in saying, avoid that part of yourself. The alchemy is integrating it. So understanding that you're a violent person, other people are violent, but you know, do I have to always be violent? Do I need to jump into the fight? No, but maybe occasionally in your life you have to be violent, right? I mean, we can't, we can't live in fantasy land either. I mean, it's a violent, this world is no, is no paradise. It's not Disneyland, <laughs> you know? And hey, and there might be a point in your life when you actually need to be violent. Could be, right? You know what I'm saying? That we can't deny our humanity. Yeah. No, you got to integrate it, you know? Yeah, 100%. It's uh. So it's the reality of, of our, um, of our experience. You know, if there is a situation where you need to protect yourself or do something, it might, it might come to that. There is, there is a reality. And I remember having these discussions with certain people and there's a, there's an old Zen story around something similar where, you know, the Zen master gets violent and he just like, you know, messes somebody up and like, why would you do that? He was like, because he was threatening me. You know what I mean? He's like, that's the whole story. It's this big long story. And the end of it, he just basically whoops him as this like master. He's like, you threatened, like you threatened me. Like that's a real thing. You you want to you know alchemize and make the rest the best response you can. But also we are in a dangerous environment. You know yeah. you, you know so we got to treat it as such. Um, and you know I had a question. The the devil thing you know brings up a lot for me just in the sense of like seeing it as a catalyst to evolve, mm-hmm. you know, not necessarily like this is the most terrible thing. This is like, this is an opportunity for you to evolve through some sort of challenge. Um, but I wanted to ask a question that you, you phrase it, the 21 faces of God. Um, mm-hmm. Is that a common, is that a common reference that like these are God archetypes or did you, where did no, you? No, I think, I think I actually pulled that out of the air, I think, because I'll tell you why. Um, there's 56 pip cards, right? Then you have the fool now, the fool is numbered zero. Esoterically, for example, the Pythagoreans, remember, zero is a pretty modern conception. The ancient Greeks did not use zero. For them, it was, it, it was meaningless. Zero, how could you have zero? Remember, zero is a number that comes more from math, math related to accounting of money. You can have zero money, but you can't have zero apples. There's no such thing as a zero apple, right? <laughs> you have one apple or you have two apples, but there are no zero apples. So the, the fool is kind of in between the major and the minor. So in the film, I make put the fool in the middle and I show the 21 cards around him. And I use the 21 faces of God as these are the 21 reflections, the 21 archetypes, right? So... Think of it as, as above, so below, right? The fool is reflected in the 21, and the 21 are reflected in the fool. And for example, I used to study a lot of Zen. I'm fascinated by Zen. And I never forget a Zen story where the master was talking about a lamp. And just focus on the lamp. And in that moment of of opening up, you are the lamp. No, you can see the world in the lamp and the lamp is reflecting the world. No, it's the same idea. It's the exact same idea. So that's why I use the 21 faces of God because now I'm not saying these are the only archetypes or the the path, 
But it is a very interesting way to see it, especially from the Western tradition, as the 21 archetypes that make up not only ourselves, but our path, you know, our path to, to waking it up. Yeah, interesting. And so you talked about that a little bit at the beginning. Is that kind of how you did the documentary where you start as the fool or you could just be the baby and you're like, you don't know. And another way to say fool is uh, asleep or just in illusion, right? In, in Buddhism, they'll call uh, the veil, right? You're just in illusion. Yeah. So you, you don't know. Exactly. Exactly. But there is a certain, you know, in Zen, they have that, that saying of Zen, there's a beautiful Zen book, uh, Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind by uh, Shunro Suzuki. It's a fabulous book. It's that, it's that beginner's mind. So the fool has that, you know, that innocence. And you need that innocence. You need that innocence in Zen, and you need it in the Western tradition too. You have to come in kind of thinking you know everything. <laughs> no? <laughs> Before you slowly realize you don't know. No? And, and, oh, that, and that, yeah, it's a little bit that. So yeah, so what I do is I take the fool and I, I, I bring him through all those 21 cards. What each card does to him what it and what it reflects in him and how it transforms him. Right. That sounds awesome. Well, maybe you want to discuss some of that there because I'm interested in it. And the first thing that comes up to me is, you know, we're in a world of duality. And each of these cards is, is sharing uh, some sort of archetype that we all yeah. have or something that we're going to experience in our life. Um, that's why Zen and Buddhism, it breaks down to like some simple things like life is suffering. Life is frustrating. Life is change. It's constantly change. That's just true. It's just a truth that, you know, we, we need to deal with. And so, um, life is also duality. You know, you've got the light, dark, up, down, good or bad. But the thing is, from this center point of like no mind, there is no good or bad. It's just, it's two sides of the card. It's the same coin. Um, it's just an experience that you might be going through at that time. So that's not a question. Maybe you can just <laughs> say something on it. No, no, but the, I, I have a whole section on duality. I can think it's what, it's section three, I think. is No, four. After archetypes, duality. The, the, the tarot is full, full of duality. For example, the lovers. You know, you have the, the male and the female. When you get to the devil, I use, just, just so the because a lot of folks are probably just listening, no? I use the Rider Waite deck. So if you just imagine the Rider Waite deck with the lovers, you have the male and the female. When you get to, with an angel, when you get to the devil, you have the male and the female chained to the devil instead of to the angel. That duality in the, it's just constant in the tarot. It's, it's so similar, it's similar to Zen in many, many ways. Yep. Yeah. hundred percent. So I was just, I was, um, I was pulling up the deck, so maybe I can do a screen share and then I can show some people. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. do you want to like, what do you think the best way to, do you want to kind of just explore, um, a few of the cards or is there a better way yeah. that I can phrase this to kind of go through? But I think that taking the fool, which is, yeah, a better way to phrase that is the beginner's mind. You know, when right, you're right. in Zen, they'll say the cup is full, so there's no more knowledge. So I, you know, my, my overall question with this is how can we use the tarot and what you've discovered to improve our lives, to know ourselves uh, better and to assist in our own evolution, our own awakening. And I think that, um, maybe what this process is like kind of what you've shared is like, this is the process of each individual's awakening. And what does that even mean? Like, can you, if you're asleep or you quote unquote asleep, can you know that you're asleep? And if you're awake, do you know you're awake? And what is the difference and how can the tarot um, support that? 
that makes sense? <laughs> yeah, it does. But it's <laughs> a very interesting question. How do you know you're asleep? No, it's like, remember that scene in the matrix? He says a splinter in your mind. That always stuck with me. That idea that, that, you know, that goes a little bit back to the Gnostics when they, the Gnostics insisted that there's something wrong with this world. And I think that inner sense that something is not right is a good indication, no? And, and you know, I think it comes a little bit with age too. I mean, there are people who are precocious, obviously, you know, who, you know, get it young. But when I was 25, you know, I mean, I was interested in the things of this world, but you begin to get a little bit older and it just, it doesn't satisfy you, you know? That's why, this is going off on a bit of a tangent, but I wrote an article about zombies, you know, we're all zombies. It was it actually had a pretty interesting reaction. And it's a little bit that zombie, man, where you eat, but you're always hungry. You're never satisfied. And that feeling of not being satisfied and constantly needing more and more and more, I think it's an indication that you're starting to, something's starting to move, no? Because there are, let's face it, there are a lot of people who are happy, you know, with, and that's great. God bless them. No, I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm not there to shake their world around. But those people who feel like, ah, something's not right, then the tarot can really help. Like Zen can help. Like God knows how many things can help you. you know? This is just one of many. Right. Yep. I totally agree. So I pulled up the cards. Um, cool. And so they go. Now, does the order, do you think the order has relevance to the process? The first one on Absolutely. your deck is, is the magician. Okay. Right? Yeah. Is that, is so, that the right. right deck? Right. So you go, the, the fool is zero. The magician will be one. And then the high priestess will be two. Yep. And then the yep. empress. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's start with the magician. Tell me everything. <laughs> <laughs> so the magician, in my opinion, is really is the alchemist. He is the alchemist. And if you notice on the table, there's, there's a cup. Do you see he has a cup? He has a sword. There you go. Oh, perfect. Excellent. This is perfect. Now, if you see, he has the cup, he's got the sword, he's got, and he's got the wand, and he has that disc, the pentacle. Those are the four elements, air, water, fire, and air. No? I'm yeah. sorry, air. Air and fire and water and earth. Okay? Now, what he does, he's taken the fool, okay? And he's broken them up into four parts. The next four cards, the high priestess and the empress, are the two feminine aspects. Or if you want to call it um, the two feminine elements, water and earth. Okay? Now, the high priestess is that watery kind of moonish, right? She's often associated with the moon. That feminine intuition towards what is true, no? But it's secretive. It's it's kind of a little bit cancerish, you know? The Empress, she's Venus. That's earth, you know, earthly beauty. The goddess Venus, right? That's earth. Then you get the Emperor, that masculine energy of fire, of fighting, of destruction. The Hierophant, dogma, the rules, the Pope. Then what happens in the lovers, the two feminine aspects come together in, in in, in the woman and the two masculine come together in the man and they're brought together. And then the next card, the chariot, that's 
those two, those two lions, the black and the white, the masculine and the feminine, and the driver. So it's really interesting. If you look at the lovers and then look at the chariot, you see how you get the two and the spirit above them, and then you get the driver and the two? It's the same thing. It's the same card. You see what I mean? Yeah. It's showing the same thing. Now, those seven cards are the earth aspects. So if you think of, the, of, the, the, of a person as body, soul, and spirit, the three, right? Those first seven, that would be the body. And the chariot is dominating the body. Now, what's interesting about the chariot, that, that card is definitely associated with Plato's allegory of the chariot. The allegory of the chariot is the gods have a chariot, a chariot, right, with two horses, two uh, spiritual horses, and they go around, they go around the, uh, the earth, right? But man has one um, spiritual horse and one earthly horse. One wants to go to heaven, one wants to go to hell. And you got to balance those two, right? Now, the second row of cards, the second seven cards, those would be the psychic level, the soul level. And that's why strength is such an important card, because that card is dominating the ego. In the chariot, it's all ego, right? But in strength now, you've got to begin to separate. You're not just your ego. There's something there. Like before, remember we were talking about when you begin to wake up? Yeah. That's, that's really in strength. Because what she's doing is, is she's dominating those material desires for domination, revenge, sex, food, all these things, no? Hmm. The hermit's introspection, you begin to go inward. The fortune card is fascinating because that's when you disassociate yourself from fate. Imagine, you know, someone says, oh, I just got a raise. Oh, life is great. You know, I just got fired. Oh, it's horrible. When you begin to disassociate yourself from Maya, and understand that you are not, you aren't that Maya, that's the fortune card. Now, justice is a very important card because this is the goddess Athena. Wait one sec. Uh-huh. <laughs> I uh, just, I've got, no, I just, this, this is all, no, 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 not at all. I just wanted to draw that point of what you just said about the Maya because I think it's uh, a very important thing to focus on for mm -hmm. just yeah, a definitely. second as you go, as you go through this process. Cause for me, I'm learning as you go along more depth of what the cards mean and things like that. I've heard things here and there, but um, whatever. So I'm getting a little bit more of a, a in-depth knowledge. So when you said, when you separate from the Maya, like you separate from what happens, you are beyond right. that. You're transcending that as such a key thing that I think where most of humanity is right now, like, okay, I've got a job. Life is better. I lost my job. Life isn't as good. I got a girl. Life is okay. I lost a girl. Uh, life isn't okay. Um, and so when you can begin to step back from that, I think that is part of the, what you're alluding to in that idea also is um, the ability to create your reality too. So you're influencing some of it, um, but ultimately there's this bigger aspect. So we don't need to attach to the physical realm in the same way that we're doing when we're fully immersed in it. Like everything material is our whole life. You start to gain that strength, which is a new understanding and you're able to let go of what you used to believe are the most important things to you. Is that somewhat oh, out of I think absolutely, absolutely. Like, think about it, for example, a lot, a lot of people are traumatized by, by love. 
you fall madly in love with somebody and you, they leave you. Life is over. Oh my God. But if you, if you can reach after the introspection of the hermit at, at the wheel of fortune, if you can realize, you know, I really do love this person, but if they want to go, I can let them go. It's sad, but you, you understand that it's not directly related to you. It, it, there's something else going on, no? And that's always a good way to, or for example, when you lose a job you love, or you don't get a job you like, or you lose a lot of money. It, those are difficult lessons, no? But when you realize that that isn't you, you're something else. Like in a lot of, even in Zen, you know, who, who is listening, you know? Who is the one that's... It's the same. It's the same with the fortune card. If you were taking it more from an Eastern standpoint, it would definitely be that. That's a great point, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's that's really well. Also, it's almost halfway through the deck. Interestingly yeah. enough, right? This is the turning point of the deck into a different paradigm. A little bit of a you know, if you do alchemy, light and dark, and you look at the world, and you know, darkness is greed and envy and anger and all of the low emotions that make you feel low. You know, right. and part of that is materialism and uh, lust and greed and materialism. I think I might have said that twice, but it's important. So we attach all of our worth on our gold and our Mercedes in the driveway and acquisition of things, regardless of the impact it's having on all the other life that's here. You don't care. You're in your own, you know, this is the competition mindset. But on the other side, with that higher picture, you realize it's not all about that there's there's an element at play and it feels like it's the most real because we're in this physical reality this is the most real so it's the most important and we need to protect it um and when our uh, thinking begins to switch a little bit and i'm reminded of that zen, i love how we're doing lots of zen tarot to be like the zen tarot podcast. <laughs> uh, because they're so important and that's why in zen and buddhism and real uh what i think older philosophies on let's say consciousness or personal development or ideologies and way to live. It's they're dealing with the same thing. Cause we're all, it's the same stuff. You know, we are all dealing with the same stuff um, of mind and evolution of thought. Um, but that old Zen story where the farmer, he um, has a horse and the horse runs away and his neighbor comes over and says, Oh, you've lost your horse. So terrible. Oh, you know, yeah, I feel I so bad that. for you. Right. And then two days later, the horse comes back with 10 other horses and the farmer comes, his neighbor comes over and he's like, Oh, what great luck. And uh, the farmer says, maybe, you know, then his son is breaking in the horse and he breaks his leg and the neighbor comes over and he's like, Oh, what terrible luck. You know, oh, no, now everything is terrible again. And the farmer says, maybe. And then, a few days later, the military comes to conscript his son and take him to war, but he can't go to war because his leg is broken and the farmer, the neighbor comes over and says the same thing. So he's experiencing that exact thing, that exact analogy. That's that card. That's the entire idea is like, we don't know if it's good or bad. We're just observing this kind of wheel from a different perspective, a little bit more awareness. And we're not, we're not like tied and lassoed to the horse of our life that's just going through whatever it's going through you know the woods and the trees and the, we're just getting like flung along we have a little bit more of a separation from what's happening that was a brilliant explanation of the wheel of fortune perfect and i'd love because i remember that zen story it's a very famous zen story that's a perfect example of the wheel of fortune exactly I should have put that in the film. You should have told me that before. <laughs> <laughs> Version two. Yeah, I'm good. And that's why I wanted to kind of like focus there for a second, because for me, um, that's a turning point card. 
as I'm learning yeah. as I go along with you. So I just wanted to share that. So you can feel free to um, add on to anything you wish or continue. I didn't mean to cut you off with the justice, but I felt like that was a really good turning point for us to dive a little deeper on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and that's just, just to review a little bit. So with the strength card, you begin to realize that you're not, you're not the ego, but that takes introspection also. No, you've got to turn in. And then just like you said, with the fortune card, exactly as you explained it, it was perfect. So once you get to justice, justice is the 10th card. So I'm sorry, is the 11th card. So the fool has traveled through 10 and there are 10 after justice. Now, justice is often associated with the, with the uh, zodiac sign of Libra, you know, which is right at the halfway point of the year, right? So the beginning of fall, September 21st, no? The uh, fall equinox. Now also, remember we talked about the, uh, the, the allegory of the chariot. Um, if the platonic ideal was, if you, if you have wisdom to control the reason, right? And you have, and you have strength to control the passions, and temperance to control the desires, then you lead the just life. That's a very platonic, very Western idea. And that's also involved with justice, you know? So justice is an important card because after justice, <laughs> it all goes south. <laughs> now the hanged man, the hanged man is, a, I think it's probably one of the most fascinating cards and one of the most famous cards, no? The hanged man is that moment when you begin to wake up. When, when things, you, you, re, you look at the world and you go, you know, it's not like they told me. That's why he's upside down, no? He's seeing things reverse, reverso world, no? What they told you was right, go out, get a job, blah, blah, blah. It's not working, no? The money, it's not satisfying. The family life, maybe it's not working. That's the hangman. And what happens after you begin to wake up? The old self dies, and that's death. It, th those, <clears throat> those two cards, hangman and death, the, those two, the order of them is crucial. Once you be, and I think you probably had that experience, no? When you began to kind of change, no? The old you dies. It's almost unrecognizable. No? That's the death card. Now, after death, you get that wisdom, the temperance that comes from learning about, you know, you've learned a lot here. Temperance is learning that balance. Now, another interesting thing about temperance, are you familiar with the idea, that Jungian idea of inflation? I uh, don't think so. So the Jungians have this idea that a lot of times when people, when they, when they have spiritual experiences, I'm sure you've come across this, sometimes they feel like they know everything. They say, I'm the guru, I've woken up. And they begin to talk, talk to all sorts of bullshit, no? Yeah, I know. I'm familiar, I'm familiar with that. <laughs> Temperance is that balance. You see how she has one foot on water, and one on, one on earth, the mm. water and the wine. Now, in a Buddhist sense, there's a direct connection between this card and, you know, remember the story when Buddha, 
right when Buddha's under the tree, he's right to wake up, about to wake up, and Mara tempts him, tempts him with women and power. And then finally, Mara asks a question, under whose authority do you say, I think, do you say that you've been enlightened? And what does Buddha do? He touches the ground. And that's the moment when he wakes up. She's, that's, she's doing the exact same thing. She's putting one foot on water and one on land. It's just like Buddha touching the ground. Mm. You must be grounded. It's a very important card because in, this is the point where you get a lot of people who just, and it's natural. I've done it. I remember there were moments when I was talking all sorts of bullshit. No, when I go back, <laughs> I go back and read some emails. I'm like, I said that. <laughs> Well, <laughs> to kind of like recap, because I think this is excellent, you know, you've got the, the first um, seven, which are tied to the material world and what we're told and conditioned that it is, you know, this is our, this is what our culture is telling us. This is what our family is telling us. This is what our systems and everything's saying it, including our senses saying this is physical, but we also know that there's other, this other side, if you stop and listen, but we're, we're taught to kind of suppress that idea. Um, then you start to have this, this strength or awareness that maybe there's something else like that this materialism in this way that's been told to you isn't the only way. And no matter how much of the physical material acquisition um, and lust and lower level, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll, girls, boys, whatever, you are not going to be fulfilled. Um, so the strength is, I think, initially to start to change that. Then you need to hermit, which is you kind of rethink everything and you need some time to process all this. It take, you don't just realize this and then all of a sudden it's all hunky-dory and it's great. So then your life gets switched upside down, which is perfect analogy. <laughs> and what you thought you knew, you didn't. And now you're confused. Um, so you have this death of the old you, which is value sets with how you view the world, with everything that you're looking at. Things are different now. Um, and normally, you're probably, there's not a lot of people on the other side. So because you have viewed the world in this way, now you know everything because it used to be this way and everything was material and that's what everybody's doing. But now, because it's different for you and it's a massive deal, you've had a huge awakening, you've had a huge shift that's literally you know, 180 degrees, you know, right side up to upside down. And then you tell everybody, but then you might go a little bit too far with it because there, there is this other understanding and levels of this, you know, in Buddhism and Zen, they'll talk about levels of understanding. Like once you get there, it's, it's not like the truths are, are so many. It's that there's such depth and layers of understanding that. And you're going to have to really remain humble, which I'm sure that one of these cards will come up, the humility of just not knowing that it's so beyond what you could possibly imagine. You don't know, but you know, you know, things are a little bit different now and you can help guide people to the other side rather than be, you know, the know-it-all and just talk all kinds of shit and be like, why are you doing that job? You need to wake up and do whatever. I talk all kind of shit too for when I was like in my early twenties, but now just like honoring my own process. So yeah, I just wanted to kind of recap that for, it's a very real process that I think people go through. Oh yeah, exactly. And, and temperance is, it's, it's really an important card because even in art, for example, the idea of balance, balancing these opposites, you know, we talked about duality before here, what she brings and remember Temperance, strength, and justice 
were three of the four classical cardinal virtues. So these are from before, or at least the time of Plato, no? These are very, very embedded in Western culture. Oh, we're still there. Okay, yeah. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's, a really, it's a really important card. But what comes after, well, yeah, if, if, exactly. You see, and notice the path behind her. See that there's kind of a path that goes behind her. And you see back in the distance, those two hills. Yeah. That will come. You'll see that again. Just remember that because we'll see that again in the moon card. The one foot in the water, the one on earth. And that foot touching the earth. You know, and in the film, I actually use uh, um, the, the Buddha myth where he touches the ground. You know, that's Buddha touching the ground and that balance. I, I, just so folks remember, these cards, the Rider Waite deck, these were made by Arthur Edward Waite and Pamela Coleman Smith. You can see a picture of Pamela right behind me. See her there? Uh, they might be able to. I, it's a bit dark. Yeah, but anyway, that's a famous picture. But um, I just want to give her credit because I think she she did all the illustrations, and I think she did a fabulous job. I love these illustrations. I mean, these are from 1909. I'm also and noticing for the first time a triangle in the middle of the shirt. I wonder if that has some significance. Absolutely, no. And then you see she has the um, uh, the letters, the Hebrew letters above her shirt, and the tripart nature of the soul. The oh, triangle. that looks like the, that looks like Yahweh. I think that's what it is. Wow. Dang. Okay. And um, <laughs> so this, this card, it's, a, it's an important card. Now, one, we should remember, this is the last card of the psychic, the psychic level. So the lesson to be learned from the material level was the chariot, right? Control those forces. Mm. This is, is, it's a little bit different. It's balance. It's finding that balance, not getting carried away. Now, the next level of cards we move to is the spiritual. Now we're on the purely spiritual path. Now, we're not saying that the material path is wrong, that there's anything bad about it. It's fabulous. But, you, you, and they're all in the end when they all come together and you see them without time all together, that's when you, that's when you, that's when you, that's when you get there, you know? What's the next card called? The devil. Oh, the devil card. It's going to look good all popped up. Whoa, it's intense. There he is, that one. Yeah, that's the Rider Waite devil. So, remember the lovers. It was an angel with the man and the woman. Now we have the devil, the man and the woman, and they're chained together. It's not so happy, right? The devil is, is whatever's got its hooks in you. Mm -hmm. This is your shadow, whatever, it, what, those parts of the ego that you, you can't see, that's the devil. Do you ever meet somebody and you, and you immediately hate them? <laughs> You're like, this guy, I just want to pop it. He just really annoys me. Generally speaking, what that part, what you're seeing is a reflection of the ugliest part of yourself that you've never really come to terms with. The devil is the one who pulls the mirror out and says, sorry, pal, that's you, buddy. <laughs> you know, and you're like, no, you ever have that happen? And you go, oh my God, tell me I'm not like that. And then you, you know, it, it kind of usually 
you stay home for three days and then you say, okay, whatever, I got to get over it. That's the devil. But you cannot, if, if you do not come to terms with all the parts of yourself. Now, I'm not saying you have to, and in the film I say this, you don't have to become a saint. You know? And I think today we have a real issue with the devil. Because we have a concept in our society now maybe that people have to be perfect. That you have to be absolutely pure. And, and that's, it, it, it's almost childish. No, that's, that's not how people are. You know, you have to come to terms with all the sides of yourself, try and find a balance. And for the most part, in the, for the most part, stay centered, you know, that middle path. And when people get, remember the devil, the devil can be the gangster, right? But the devil can also be, you know, the person fighting, you know, the, 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 for example, a terrorist who thinks that he's saving the world. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change the world and I'm going to, you know, that's the devil. You know, all of those things we've got to come to terms with. And that to get the devil is a, a perfect mirror of yourself. That's why he terrifies us so much. Because it's that part of ourselves we don't know. And in Buddhism, it's the angry Buddha. You know those angry Buddhas that are screaming? That's the devil in Buddhism. Because you have to remember, the, Buddhist, the, the, the Vedic culture has a, has a common root, you know, that Indo-European Indo root, with what later became Greek culture. So there is a connection, even historically. If you go far enough back, the, the Vestas from Iran, right? All of that comes from an original culture. So you see these ideas appear again and again and again. All right, guys, that wraps up part one with Robert Bonomo. I hope that you enjoyed that part one. If you liked it, please share it with your friends. If you write a blog, um, you could do a blog of like top 10 podcasts. And, you know, if mine makes the cut, then throw it in there. If it doesn't, then, you know, I'm sure there's 10 other dope podcasts out there. But if you're listening to this one, then uh, you can support it by doing that. Sharing episodes, uh, leaving a review is super helpful. Uh, but the best thing that you can do is one kind act today and just go hashtag kindness challenge. Um, and it's ridiculous that we need to make a challenge. But let's encourage and gamify random acts of kindness um you know holding a door open getting someone's name picking up a piece of trash paying it forward saying a kind word writing a letter to an old friend writing a letter to an old enemy uh, writing a letter of appreciation all that stuff is great so um that's really you know what i learned with studying with the native american elder david lone bear the number one thing that i took away was that um the action is the important part of being a spiritual master and you know the the closest thing we're going to get in his in his teachings to um you know um, a higher level awareness or activating the pineal gland or anything like that. He's like three acts of kindness is a mathematical formula. So try it out. Do it um, three kind acts a day. Go out of your way to do them. Don't tell anybody for a week. Um, tag three friends. See if they'll take the challenge too. The worst case scenario, you're being kind to people. So that's pretty good. Um, what else is going on? Uh, check out Zen Athlete if you haven't. You don't need to be an athlete. Read that as an entrepreneur or as a person. It basically gives you the tools, tactics, the best ones that I've learned in personal development, spiritual development, um, how to create a reality that you want that that's inspired by you. All of it's in there. How to create the belief systems. Um, I just use the athletes so I can get this to kids. So if you're a coach, you work with kids, um, you want to get this out to athletes. You know, I'm I'm all for gifting the ebook and all the stuff to anybody who's in sports, and he'll share this with kids. Uh, if 
you're interested in coaching, just go to mattbelair.com forward slash coaching. And I'm going to teach you everything that I've learned in my processes from, um, you know, over 200 podcasts, studying for a long time, trying everything. But really, it comes down to figuring out, um, you know, what's important to you, uh, creating a life vision from your heart, knowing that you can can do it. So overcoming fear and limiting beliefs is a big part of it. And we can do that actually relatively quickly. And then the tools and processes to achieve that goal, but doing it from a state of fulfillment where you are. So it's adding in all of these elements in a very balanced, dynamic, and effective way to achieve your goals. So if you're interested in that, just hit me up at mattbelair.com forward slash coaching. Um, and that's it. Oh, check out um, my one of my sponsors, um, Sync Tuition. They're dope. Um, they are now gone to a membership model, which I told them to do right away when I was in Estonia last year. You can go back. Uh, I was in Estonia. They flew me out there. It was pretty cool. Um, and I was like, go to the membership model. It's easier. So now it's a membership model. Um, really incredible tracks. They're 3D binaural beat gamma wave brainwave entrainment. Um, and just go to bit.ly forward slash gamma waves and you get three free tracks and a sample of their stuff. Um, that's it. So I've been ranting on this one. I'm like I said, it's a little bit spacey. So apologies for that. Um, but I should be back into it next week. I'm just kind of getting grounded here. Um, tons of love and appreciation to you for listening to this, for, um, you know, wanting to improve yourself for, uh, just, you know, generally being here on the planet and being awesome. Uh, even if you just don't feel like you're awesome now, you're awesome just as you are. You're enough just as you are. And just sending you all of my love and support and encouragement and gratitude for being here. So, before we close it out, just come to us. Uh, let's come to a state of peace and coherence by taking a deep breath in through our nose. Hold that breath and just let it out slowly with all the cares, all the worries, and all the self limitations and all the limiting beliefs, just letting them go. Taking another deep breath in through the nose, and this time just breathing in all of the beliefs and the connection and the encouragement for you to remember that you can accomplish anything, that you are enough, that you are worthy and whole, that you are a powerful creator, holding that energy in and just letting that breath out slowly with all the cares, all the worries, all the self-limitations and self-doubts and all the fears, just letting them go now and just realizing you can create your reality, that you are a powerful creator. Taking another deep breath in through the nose and just feeling one thing that you're grateful for. And there's doubling this feeling of being up and knowing within you that you are a powerful creator, that you can create and influence your reality. You are connected to spirit, divine source. You are incredible just as you are. And just let that breath out slowly, feeling totally at peace, totally at ease, um, ready to take on the day, focused, just letting it come one day at a time, peaceful, ease, and flow. So thanks so much for coming on this episode, and I will see you in part two with Robert Bonomo, and we'll continue the exploration of self-realization through the tarot.